the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3, coming to you from uh, the uh, Midas Gold-sponsored uh, studio here. It is a delight to bring back to the show Brandon Weikert. You can follow him on Twitter X or Twix at we the Brandon. Um, you can order any number of his books, Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, and Biohacked. China's race to control life. How are you, Brandon? Oh, I am doing great. I just made the kids an early dinner of uh, bourbon-glazed beef that I bought from Aldi on sale yesterday, and apparently they love it. So that's did, always did nice. Did you put on the bourbon glaze, or did it come that way? No, it came with it. That's why I was very intrigued, because it could either be really bad or really good. And apparently, it's really, I slow-cooked it all day while I was working. No kidding. And, and do, yeah. do you get some of that, too, or just the kiddos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I wanted to talk to you first. Uh-huh. You know, I don't want to be smacking my lips like John Kasich. Or all, bl- or all, you know, low blood sugared because you had a sugar spike or something. <laughs> right, right. So I, I'm, but I'm eyeing the meat thinking, oh, I wish my wife would get home from work soon so I could eat with her. <laughs> uh-huh. So that raises a really interesting moral conundrum. If you get off with me before she comes home, what happens? <laughs> Well, <laughs> we'll see. Okay. We'll see. All right. All right. All right. All right. I see where the priorities are. I'm glad to know I'm up there in the uh, order of morum, as, uh, as, uh, as uh, Augustine would put it. All right, Brandon, there's a lot to talk about. I don't know where to yeah. start. Let me start with the border security bill, so-called. Um, oh. <laughs> the headlines I'm seeing are... Uh, Border security measure divides GOP. Is it really? Is it dividing the GOP or is it dividing like three people in the GOP? Yeah, it's really only dividing the GOP elected people who are all bought and paid for by global. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I think pretty much the I think pretty much the base of the GOP, and I actually think many Democrats now who are living in these blue cities being overrun by illegal immigrants, I think there's pretty much a universal agreement that this isn't good for America. And I think it's very interesting that, uh, you know, this is almost like a repeat. It is a repeat in many respects of the comprehensive immigration battle uh, from 2005. That's like George W. Bush. And you see yet again the idiot Washington, D.C. Republican class, all of whom should be fired immediately, every one of them, should be sent packing, they should be put in the unemployment line, because yet again, they have sold out the American people generally, and specifically the staunch Republican voters who are the reason for why they have a job, really. They have sold us out yet again, and I see David Frum, just like in 2005, saying this is really the best deal you could get. Well, I say bollocks. That is not the best deal we could get. The, a better deal would be no deal at this point. There can be no compromise on an issue as existential and fundamental as border security. And what this bill does, if it is passed through the House, which they're saying it won't be, but I'll believe it when I see it. But if this bill is passed, it, think about this. It defunds ICE, 
while at the same time increasing the funds for Ukraine and Israel's border security. But our border security gets defunded. That is not right. Well, there's a lot there I want to come back to in just a half a moment. But I also want to ask, why can't they move on H.R. 2, which the House of Representatives did pass and has been sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk for almost a year? I don't understand well, that, that. Well, that, that's there's your answer. It's sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk. And let's face it, it's not just a Senate Democrat thing. Right. It's a Senate Republican thing. Correct. And we see this with that idiot, Senator Lankford. What a complete clown show. The guy should be fired. He should be removed from office. They've already censured him. His own, his own state party has. He needs to be kicked out now. Pretty much every Republican in the Senate, with the exception of a few people, should be knocked out of their seats. It is time that Republican voters stand up as one and not allow such weakness, because this is it. This is the line right here. If we don't hold it in the next six months, we are going to lose our country. This is the once-in-a-lifetime generational battle, and we are at risk of literally losing America to these globalists, because once they erase our borders fully, which this bill does, once they erase our borders, that's it. In my lifetime, there is no more America. We become, uh, you know, uh, a way station for the world's detritus. Well, let me ask you this. As someone who's not where you are exactly on Ukraine, but I think we're probably pretty close to the same place on Israel— so so let's just say uh, as between us, there's uh, two, one and a half, <laughs> one and a half cheers for, for supporting Israel and Ukraine, let us say. Um, um, although I, I, I would like to see the day where Israel doesn't require dependence on America, as Netanyahu spelled out in his book from about yeah. 20 years ago. I, I just don't yes. think it's good for it's anyone. It's too dangerous. It, for yeah, it's, it's just not good for anyone. And, and you should stand on your yeah. own feet. But That's that right. having been said, I think it's a mistake to put any of that stuff in an immigration bill, to be honest well, with you. Well, me too. I mean, yes, and this is something I've been saying since I was a lowly congressional staffer. Why are we bundling everything? And then you realize why. Yeah. Because the special interests want it that way. Yeah. Because they want to be able to say, oh, you want to fund our troops, don't you? Of course we do. We want to protect our troops. But then they throw in, uh, you know, some giveaway to some, you know, special interest, and this is how it works. Somebody said on Twitter earlier today, um, you know, uh, they got in trouble because they said nobody read the bill on the Hill, and this, this, this individual got, I guess, censored or something okay. on Twitter. Okay. And I responded, and I said, as a former congressional staffer, I can tell you 100% certainty, nobody read the bill on the Hill. There's no way they could. They don't have enough time. The bills are always too large, and this is what they want it to be. The special interests want bills that are 100,000 pages long, that nobody has the time to read, because they're going to stuff in all of these unpopular things with popular things. And so in a perfect world, you're right, yes, immigration would be kept separate from things like funding Israel and funding Ukraine or whatever. Boy, I'll personally, uh, yeah, yeah, go sorry. No, 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 you go, you go, sorry. I was going to say, now, personally, I think we've given Ukraine enough. Okay. I, that's my personal opinion. Okay. I think that Ukraine was defended in the Battle of Kiev, and that should have been when they negotiated. Our government, in its infinite wisdom, decided to threaten Zelensky and tell him, you better not make a deal with Putin, and now Ukraine is probably going to be lost. And in the process, NATO will be lost as well. Make, mark my words, this is the end of NATO. Um, with Israel, I agree with you. We, we should be supporting Israel. I think it's a great investment. 
Um, and so I don't want people to confuse my. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 yeah, yeah, no, I segregated it out. Uh, though yeah. we would prefer a better day where this wasn't ever in a U.S. Yeah. budget um, for a, a lot of reasons. But but the idea that they would even put let, even okay, so even if Ukraine weren't in there, I guess what I'm trying to say is I I don't even want Israel in there. I agree. Okay. I agree. It needs to be a straight-up bill on immigration. And this is an existential issue. This is literally what it is to be an American and what it is to be America. Because without borders— Well, that's what the debate should be. You're right. You're right. That's what the debate should be. And, you know, you've got my brain going in different directions because you can do more in one sentence than I can in five. But, but, But let me try. So let me try. The polite way of saying I talk too fast. No, 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 no. You just I'm a millennial. No, you, no you're you're smart. Um, the um, thank you. Well, the point I was going to make: we say we stuff a lot of this stuff in these bills. That when I read about the ankle bracelets, yeah, you know, I thought, why are we funding that twice as much as we're funding wall building? And that right. reeked to me of special interest, right? Right. Well, Ankle bracelets, is, that's not serious, yeah. is it? Right. Well, I'm sure the company that builds them is getting a huge kickback. Well, I, um, I you know, I would be, lo- yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it raises the question, why all of a sudden ankle bracelets? Right. I've, I've been right. talking about illegal immigration since 2000, right? probably, and I've never heard the word ankle bracelets in right. this debate. Right. Well, there's some contractor who's about to get a huge payout, Okay. Um, and they're going to get their third house in Northern Virginia or okay. whatever. <laughs> um, you know, so... Um, you know, the, the bottom line is I want to live in a world where um, we don't we don't send money anywhere anymore until we have a thorough accounting of where it's going. And whether whether, for instance, you agree with Ukraine or not, the issue is we, I don't care what the Pentagon says. And I know they lie through their teeth to Congress as a matter of course. They tell Congress that, oh, yeah, we have a thorough accounting of these things. But then Breitbart last week and, and just had an expose that they determined, I think it was Emma Jo Morris, she just did an expose which found that 90, and then she got the Ukrainian ambassador to admit this, 90% of all U.S. foreign aid funds going to Ukraine are not spent in Ukraine. They are spent in Washington, D.C., and so okay. that should really okay. tell you. Okay, okay, all right. Let me take a quick break, Brandon. I have so much more to do with you, and you have a lot more to say. Brandon Weichert is my guest, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, coming to you from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studios, brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Brandon Weichert is our guest. Brandon, um, the other... The other Part of this thing that rankles is the defensiveness of Jim Lank- James Lankford, and and I and I just you know I, he's not up for reelection till twenty twenty eight I believe, and I just don't think he'd have done it this year if he were up for election this year. I just don't. Uh, honestly, I I think that somebody has something on him. I think that that he I mean I don't know did he go to Epstein's Island at all? I, <laughs> I mean that, you know somebody has something on this guy because it's so out of character for him. I mean, you know, he was always pretty much a for the Senate. He remember the Senate is always softer. But he you know, he for the Senate was a pretty pretty sober. Pretty sober. Yeah. And so something out of the blue happens. This was, you know, this bill was make or break for the globalists. I mean, this was it. 
They needed this to happen for multiple reasons right now. They needed this pass, and the Republicans in the House had found a spine, and so they were really having their plans complicated. And then suddenly this, this normally stalwart conservative comes out of the left field, literally, and uh, you know, now is suddenly sounding like uh, you know, Chuck Schumer. Um, uh, you know, or, or, oh my know, gosh, you, Chuck Schumer today uh, says if this isn't passed, Americans might have to fight themselves in Ukraine. I mean, my goodness gracious, right. what happened to the notion that we might not even need this bill if the law were just obeyed? Legislation right. isn't required, someone said recently, and I think right. I remember hearing that in Schoolhouse I think Rock. It was Bill Maher who said it. Yeah, <laughs> legislation is not <laughs> required. Like, what does it say when you've lost Bill Maher as a Democrat? Like, you know, <laughs> well, like that. I have my own problems yeah. with Bill Maher right now, well, but I, I, I take the point. Do, I take the point. Yeah. What does that say? What he's the voice of reason? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I you t- know. No, I take the point. Now, this is kind of an intellectual dive I want to do with you for a moment, if I can, if you'll forgive me. Um, You, the author of a book whose subtitle is How America Remains a Superpower, twixt something pretty depressing today. Yeah, I've been feeling a little down. Yeah, you said, I don't believe any political action will prevent the loss of America in this generation. To be fair, you said any conventional conventional political action will prevent the loss of America in this generation. Now, it's kind of interesting to me. There was a piece in the New York Times, I think it was yesterday, by Ross Duvat. I don't know if you may or may not have seen it. But he was saying, fair enough, but he was saying that uh, our rivals in Beijing, Moscow, and Tehran all face much more difficult futures when it comes to growth, internal stability, and just the desire of their most talented citizens yeah. to stick around. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. China, it's the minority, but their minority is big. Their resoluteness is strong. Yeah. Our resoluteness is weak. Not. Yeah. And I feel, yeah, yeah, non-existent, barely existent. And I, and I worry, too, about, I don't have good words for this, but just the way we have become used to, numb, inured, if you want, to kind of just a new awful normal, kind of a suck around here, you know? It's hard to put your finger on it, but it's kind of a post-COVID thing, everything from customer service to holes blowing out in airplanes. It's just long lines to get to an airplane, not long long lines to wait to get off an airplane, flights. Not if you're illegal. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that actually there's a point to that, too. Yeah, veterans having to be put in behind the line for service to illegals and a lot of fronts, whether it's health care benefits. I mean, yeah, that kind of thing just makes one not so proud to be an American. We're going to have two national anthems at the Super Bowl. God save us. Yeah, no, and and you can't even say God save us anymore. You know, that's that's also that. (laughs) Also that. Um, You know. So, no, um, this is the worst aspects of 1970s America on steroids. And unlike 1970s America, where there was a clear off-ramp, I don't know if there is. Because even if Donald Trump, (laughs) it's a big if, even if Donald Trump can win, um, he, again, will find himself um, surrounded on every angle by enemies who are seeking to destroy him. And I don't know if any one man can save this country. And the problem with Trump is he tends to be a one-man band. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, you know, this is why I said I don't know if any conventional political 
maneuver can save us at this point. Right. The, 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 the rot is so pervasive. The enemies are within the gates. And most Americans are not really capable, I don't think, of understanding. They want to still believe this is 1996 America. Yeah, or they've I, become numb to the suck. Or they've become numb to it. In either case, it leads to the same thing. Ambivalence on the part of the people. Excuse me, on the part of the people, we need to be paying attention, and it tends to invigorate the worst elements of our political class because they feed off of ambivalence. And so, uh, you know, and they have all the power right now, and they are cramming as many of these horrible things down our throat as possible. I think it's because they're worried they may lose their power soon. And so they're sort of like the demon at the end of the movie that's like, you know, going crazy because they want to just get as much bad things through as possible. That's what I think is is going on here. The problem is when you flood the zone like that and you have an opposition party like the Republican Party, which is completely, completely gelded, um, they're going to get through what they need to long before Trump gets elected, if he can get elected in a fair election. And so, you know, that's why I get very depressed, because it's this sort of cloward piven type strategy where they're just overwhelming the system with insanity. And uh, the opposition is simply either bought out uh, controlled opposition like the Republicans, or they're completely ambivalent because they can't take it anymore. And it, and it leads to the same place. It leads to tyranny and collapse. I have a friend who used to call me when he'd see a terrible story about the border or something like the border, and how is this possible would be his question, and why is this happening, and why— and. I think he stopped asking that way because my answers were always the same, which is it, 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 it's a political answer to the question. There's a political solution to the question, and, and we're not in power. That's why. Uh, right. And so I, I wonder – I'd come back on the other side of this break to have you talk with me about what I do think does save this place, but I don't know if it's apprehensible. We're going to find out. And that mm-hmm. is a decisive political victory. So we, you're right. We had the miserable last part of the 1970s, and Reagan wins 44 states, and then in re-election wins 49 states. That's a decisive victory. That is a message and a read of where the country is. I don't know if we are a. I don't know if we are of that mindset. I don't know if we are that same kind of country. I don't know if we read the We're same story. All right, let's let's pick up on that when we come right back. My 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 overall arching point is, yeah, we can save this place, but it's going to take a definitive victory. And do we have the stuff to do it? Uh, Brandon and I will be right back on that point. In the very dangerous position uh, that I am uh, between Brandon Weikert and his bourbon steak, I uh, I am Seth <laughs> Leibson and he is Brandon Weikert. <laughs> Is that what it is? It's a bourbon steak of sorts? It's a bourbon, it's like a bourbon sugar glazed uh, beef. Even better, even better. Uh, Okay, I'll just keep you a little longer. No, um, keep me as long as you need. Okay, okay. I'm waiting for my wife to come home, so she's stuck in traffic. All right, all right, all right. Um, Yeah, so a decisive political victory changes things, and we've had them. Uh, We had them in 1994 as a raised hand to Bill Clinton saying, hold on, stop. Uh, we had it in 1980. We repeated it in 1984. We had it also with Nixon, by and the way. And we that. had it in 1972. Correct. Yes. Good point. Uh, so there have been times where we have course corrected in a major way. 
Um, sometimes it worked out. It worked out in 80 and 84, more so than it right. worked out in 72, God knows. Yes. And uh, 96 helped a little bit, but I think most of that stuff has been, well, I think the 80, 84 stuff, too, has been undone. But my point is, are we still yeah. the same country? I, do we have that within us? Do we have the capacity for this massive self-renewal? I don't know. This will be a test case for it, I think, this election. I think before the rise of Obama, we did. Okay. And what I mean by that is, I think what we're living through is an administrative, slow-rolling uh, coup d'etat okay. uh, that was begun the moment Trump was going to win the election. Um, I talk about this in my forthcoming book called A Disaster of Our Own Making, How NATO Expansion Doomed Ukraine. And part of the book looks at the domestic political calculations that American presidents made in relation to Ukraine. And something that we found was that, you know, Hillary Clinton, when she lost, uh, started spreading Ukrainian disinformation about how Trump was a Russian spy. Uh, She started perpetuating the Christopher Steele memo. And then that, in turn, was fed to the Obama appointees within the intelligence community, who then spread that not only as disinformation against the incoming 45th president, but then actually opened up actual investigations, as we all know, having lived through it, uh, into the 45th president before he could even really assume power. So he was basically kneecapped before he could even get power because Obama was so worried that Trump was going to be so effective at dismantling his legacy, which Trump was trying to do. And so by the end of the Trump administration, we had been through a series of withering internal attacks directed by Obama and Clinton-type people within the DOD and within the CIA and the intelligence services, whose entire mission was to negate the Trump revolution, to leave open the possibility for a restoration of the, the Obama regime in the form of Joe Biden, who is nothing more than Obama's meat puppet. And now that Biden is failing, clearly, who are we hearing whispering in the background might re- be replacing him is none other than Michelle Obama, who would be nothing more than a continuation of Barack Obama only in female form. And he would be basically the co-president uh, through two terms of Michelle Obama. And she is the only one, at least on paper, who could effectively completely upend Trump's return to the White House if the election is free and fair. Um, and so, you know, we're living through... Um, this sort of, uh, you know, post-America regime, which leads me to say, I don't know if we're the same country that yeah. we were before, yeah. because as bad as Carter was with Reagan, right. Carter, Carter was not somebody who was going to initiate a covert action against his pres- his political uh, you know opponents, as bad as Carter was. Well, you looked at his attorney generals, they were pretty stable people, people like Griffin right. Bell and, and what have right. you. Um and 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 so they were and they were trying to clean house from you know the kinds of stuff yeah. that the CIA had been doing on the domestic front yeah. and COINTELPRO yeah. and stuff like that. And it was Church Committee and all that. Yeah, exactly. Like that. But, so but, they were yeah. sensitive. But to but the, my point yeah, is is right. that that for since 2016 was that eight years now? My goodness. Yeah, I know. Uh, since 2016, the American people have pretty much taken the fact that we're living in a in a non-American oligarchic, corporatist system, uh, totalitarian, quasi-totalitarian system, they take it in stride. They think it's okay. Uh, look at the way people comply. They wanted it. Of- a lot of people were conditioned to want it, and a lot of them 
yeah. we're happy to. Ha- let well, me take a break and pursue this. Back. Yeah, let me let, well, let me pursue one other angle on this with you when we come back. I can keep you one more segment, right? Your, yeah, your, your I'm beef here. Will simmer. Okay. It's fine. All right. What was E.B. White's book of essays? One man's meat, I think. Brandon Weikert and I'll be right back. Follow him at We the Brandon on Twitter X, aka Twix. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Brandon Weikert is my guest, author of several books, Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, Ron's Quest for Supremacy, and Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. You can follow him on Twitter, X, at we the Brandon. Brandon, um, you put your finger on something I think that was decisive for this country, or at least was a big turning point. And that was after the defeat of Hillary Clinton in 2016, there was a concerted narrative that this was an illegitimate election brought to you by the Russian Federation or Vladimir Putin. And that in and of itself spoke to an inability to understand or accept a loss um, in a in a in an in a legitimate election, but that lie carried forward and was perpetuated in an endless feedback reticular loop, and then it, it was expanded upon um, to include not just the illegitimacy of Donald Trump, but then we've got the media weighing in with Donald Trump being a fascist and an Adolf Hitler, and that reticular loop became um, suffused through commentary, cable news, social media. Now, it's true that Reagan was called those names. It's true that Bush was. It's true that any Republican will be. Goldwater was. The volume, the frequency, and the new age of cable television along with the Internet changes that. And I think it changes a people, Brandon. I think... When you convince so many people that your president is not only illegitimate, but is redolent of the worst examples um, of tyranny in human history since Genghis Khan, it does something to a people. I think it it does something mentally. It does. Well, and I showed this in my Law and Liberty. I partook uh, last year in a symposium on social media, and I was basically the only one arguing uh, that we needed to basically, you know, really crack down on social media. Law and Liberty is a more libertarian uh, publication, but but I actually showed the data, the scientific data, that proves that social media and, and the Internet and our engagement with it over time literally changes the brain patterns in people. Mm-hmm. And so what a wonderful tool for, for propaganda. And the left are masters of it. I mean, they're communists at heart. They're masters of of manipulation and lying. And so we see that play out on a daily basis. You're right. With the entirety of the Trump administration, pretty much every quote-unquote mainstream news source, no matter what venue, was perpetuating these these narratives. In fact, last night, or yesterday rather, or maybe it was this morning, Morning Joe, I watch it so you don't have to, Morning Joe had that idiot Mark Warner on, and he was still perpetuating the the big lie, the big lie of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, that Donald Trump was a Russian spy. He was literally saying that again yesterday or this morning, whenever I saw it, I posted it on Twix, 
This is that we're up against. They don't ever. It was been proven. It has been proven that that was a bold-faced lie perpetuated by a fabulous Christopher Steele, who was a paid agent of Hillary Clinton, who was bitter that she lost to Donald Trump. So she came up with this conspiracy theory, which was crafted in part by Chalupa and these uh, DNC operatives working in conjunction with the Petro Poroshenko government in Ukraine, who did not want uh, Trump to become president because they thought he'd be anti-Ukraine and pro-Russian. That we have a sitting senator on the Intel Committee still perpetuated a proven lie, a proven Ukrainian disinformation canard. That is the thing that should gall most Americans. But, but Warner's words are taken at face value. People nod their head in agreement because we all have sort of internalized the great lie because of social media and the Internet and the way that it plays on our brains to basically accept things at face value that they say. And they're mostly lies. If you can get rid of the lies for a moment, if you can prescind the lies from, from this discussion, and you asked any partisan Democrat, I think you could include Bill Maher in this because he rails against Donald Trump's presidency as well. I think if you said to them, um, outside of Russian collusion, which has been disproven, and even if you don't believe it's been disproven, just work with me for a moment, outside of the Russian stuff— What's the worst thing Donald Trump did? You guys have an awful lot of complaints about him. What did he do that was so bad? Now, I think in most cases you would get a stutter or, a, you know, a, 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 a how can you ask me that kind of response. Um, you might get he appointed justices that overturned Roe versus Wade, but that's merely a policy preference. That's not it was like done after he left office. Too. And, and OK, all that. Fair enough. But if you were to ask me, or you, or probably most people, if not everyone in this audience, name me five things Joe Biden has done that have really screwed up this country, it wouldn't be hard. I mean, we could rattle them <laughs> off like that. There is that, that problem. And so I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering if we're going to be able to have a decisive victory, um, if because... We're not alone in rattling off things. And, right. and, and I think the, the only thing I worry about this border debate, I've said it too many times on my show today, but the only thing I worry about this border debate, this legislation, this is why I blame Lankford so much, is he handed Karen Jean-Pierre and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all the Democrats the talking point that, oh, we were serious. We had a bipartisan piece of legislation on immigration. It was the radical Republicans in the House that wouldn't t- touch it. That's what he was part and parcel. Well, he was paid to do that because I think they have compromising material on him. Wow. He's, he's done something, I'm sure, in the shadows that they know about, and they're threatening him because it doesn't make any sense. But you're right. I mean, but that was the point. And furthermore, um, furthermore, the, the entire uh, debate around the immigration bill was such a joke. Um, you know, it's, it's not even a debate. It's, it's just basically a rubber stamp. Uh, you know, piece of legislation. And uh, the fact that Republicans are the ones delivering it, just like the Carrie Lake, uh, you know, recording, it wasn't a Democrat who showed up at her house. <laughs> That's a fair off. point. No, there were you no know? Democrats involved. They had nothing to do with this. It yeah. was all our own team. This yeah. is why I say the Republican Party is a special place in hell uh-huh. for the Republican establishment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's actually a very good point. When you when you think about you know fighting the swamp, um, fighting the bog, fighting the deep state, we have our own. 
we have our own. Yeah. And, um, yeah. In many ways, they're worse than because you can't. How do we fight them when they're supposed to be on our side? How do we, you know, it's it's very it's it's a very yeah, it's a, it's a fifth column. Situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, yeah, we got a, a lot of that going around. We have yeah. a lot of that going around. Well, Brandon, it's always good catching up with you. I now turn you over to your wife and your bourbon Thank beef you. and your children. Thank you. And beef, it's what's for dinner. It is what's for dinner with that great <laughs> voice. All right, brother. Be good. I'll talk to you yeah, soon. Yeah, you too. I'll see you later. All right. Bye. Brandon Weicher, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. Follow him at We the Brandon on Twitter, X, or Twix, as even he is now calling it. We'll be right back. Portions of this show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-24, 888-Y-REFI-24. They have an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio where you can earn up to a 10 and a quarter percent fixed rate of return, and the investment is not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. Uh, you are in total control where you can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. There are absolutely no fees. Of course, you get a monthly statement with no surprises. Why refi? Check them out. Investyrefi.com. Um, all right. Before I send off young David to go get his hair cut and uh, before I go running... And then back to my new favorite place. I need to quote to you a fabulous quote my friend Steve brought to my attention from James Burnham. Do you guys know who James Burnham is? He was an important philosophy professor at NYU. And then um, became an editor for National Review, wrote some important books. He was talking about Eleanor Roosevelt here. But I think we could apply it probably to Joe Biden. And it's such a great quote. This furious energy to which a gigantic ego frantically clings is like a great tank with a drunken driver loose in the crowded streets of a city. It is on rush of sentiment, unguided and unrestrained by intelligence reason, or principle over whatever subject, problem, plan, or issue he touches. He spreads a squid-like ink of directionless feeling. All distinctions are blurred, all analysis fouled, and in that murk, clear thought is forever impossible. Isn't that poetic? The only thing that would not apply is furious energy. But there is a furious energy to those behind him and perpetuating and, propul- and, and giving him propulsion, propelling him. Um, and, and it is all that. It is all that. Making things endlessly hopeless, which is why November can't come soon enough. And please, when it comes, let it be decisive. We really have no other choice but to make it decisive. Otherwise, we will sink into that kind of despair that finally got to Brandon Weikert. All right. David, have a good haircut. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, Mr. Bill Teresa. I'm Seth Liebson, and class is dismissed.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.